Midday Night with Nick and Company on ESPN 580 Orlando. It is our number two Monday night with Nick and Company 702 here on ESPN 580. Oh, we're going to do something really interesting here in the second hour. He's Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Grunnell with Snicky Football. Thanks for joining us. Uh, ESPN is doing their NBA draft special right now. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski is on. Uh, Seth Greenberg is on right now. They're talking about what they think is going to happen in the draft on Thursday. And we're going to kind of jump in and out of this when they get to some of the magic stuff because I'm very interested in kind of what the latest is on the Orlando Magic. Because the NBA draft is coming up on Thursday. What Our coverage begins at, what, 6.30 or 7 o'clock here on ESPN 580. I can't, I can't remember which whatever it is. The Magic have the sixth pick. They have the 35th pick. They have the 41st pick uh, in the draft. I'm really only interested in six, though. From a Lakeland Magic standpoint, we could talk 35 and 41. But I'm really intrigued to see what, and also Jonathan Gavoni is up there, too, ESPN NBA draft expert. He runs Draft Express. Uh, I have a couple of cuts from him we'll play a little bit later in the show. He was on the Low Post podcast. But I, I'm really interested in kind of what the latest is on the Magic because... We're 96 hours away from the draft, and here's your breaking news on what everyone's saying about the Magic. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what Jeff Weltman and John Hammond are going to do at number six, other than Jeff Weltman and John Hammond. A couple people I've talked to, you ask about different prospects, you ask about different workouts, and it's like, you get a lot of, you get a lot, oh, okay, yeah, that guy looked good. Yeah, I mean, that guy, all right, yeah, okay, sure. You know, you talk about that guy, you talk about this guy. But no one has any idea what the Magic are going to do at number six. Are they going to take the best player available? Maybe. Are they going to draft for need, take a point guard, Trey Young, Colin Sexton? Do not forget about Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the kid out of Kentucky. I don't want you to forget that name because it is a name that would not surprise me if the Magic drafted him on Thursday. But... With the NBA draft 96 hours away, I think everything is on the table for the Orlando Magic. They could trade up. With the Grizzlies? They could trade back with the Clippers. They could stay at six. I think at this point, it's pretty realistic to say that anything is an option for the Magic. But if I had to guess, and that's all I'm doing, if I had to surmise based upon the very little inside knowledge that I have. And when I say very little, I mean very, very little. Because I'm not talking to Jeff Weltman himself. And Jeff Weltman is the guy that is holding all the cards in the war room there for the Orlando Magic. No one else does. This will be Jeff Weltman's pick for the second straight year. Last year, it was Jonathan Isaac. This year, it's blank. But to me, I think the Magic probably end up staying at six. I don't think they trade up. I don't think they trade back. I think they stay right there at six. I think that they stay at six and they wait to see whoever falls amongst kind of the consensus top guys. So kind of whoever falls among DeAndre Ayton, the kid out of Arizona, Luka Doncic, the Real Madrid product, Marvin Bagley from Duke, Jaron Jackson Jr. from Michigan State, Mo Bamba, who played at Texas. Trey Young from Oklahoma, and Michael Porter Jr. Those seven, I would say, are probably the consensus kind of top seven guys, depending on what's happening with 
uh, Michael Porter Jr. and the whole medicals and stuff. But at the end of the day, I think what they'll do is they'll sit and they'll wait and they'll see what happens with those consensus guys. And they're at six. Because I don't think they want to give anything up. We talk about moving up. We talked about that last segment, Chris. And you and I talked about it a little bit more uh, in the de- uh, during the break here. You could probably convince me on a trade with Memphis moving up. Giving up Evan Fournier and Nick Vucevic and the number six pick for Chandler Parsons. The numbers didn't work. The numbers don't work. No, okay. but if you throw exactly. in biz, it works. Yeah, they're not taking that. And that's kind of what I mean. Like, people keep talking about the LA Lakers trading for Kawhi Leonard. The Lakers have nothing. And I feel the same way about the Orlando Magic. They've got an overpaid center. Another one that's all offense, no defense. They've got Evan Fournier, who's dealt with injuries the past two seasons and has really had only one good year in in an Orlando Magic uniform. Terrence Ross is Terrence Ross. Like, you go up and down the roster, other than the untouchable guys, the guys that every fan would say, well, I don't want to give him up. Right? I don't want to give up Jonathan Isaac. I don't want to give up Aaron Gordon, though he's a restricted free agent. I don't want to give up fill-in-the-blank guy. Wow, really, there aren't that many untouchables, actually. But there's not a whole lot of attractive pieces, either. So I think they're staying at six. And at the end of the day, in my mind, it comes down to four guys. I just gave you the the consensus seven there, whatever. It comes down to four. Trey Young, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., and Colin Sexton. I think it's between the two bigs, Bamba and Carter, and the two point guards, Sexton and Trey Young. Those are the four guys. Ooh, question. Go ahead. Um, do you want Carter? Do I what? Wendell Carter. Do you want him? He really intrigues me. You were just asking me about Duke Big Man. I know. He really intrigues me. I don't... If I was picking at six, I wouldn't take him. I'm telling you what I think that they do. What I'm getting... I'm trying to get into the head of Jeff Weltman. Uh, it's a strange place. I'm not as smart as that guy. That guy knows a whole lot about basketball. Um, I wouldn't take him at six. I don't... I look at the roster and kind of another... What he's a four five again. He's another guy where it's like, okay, can he play the center? Can he play the power forward? I don't really know where he's necessarily going to fit. He's about six eleven or so. I think he could play center for us, but I've got Bismack Biombo and Nick Vucevic there at least for the next season, unless I want to trade Nick Vucevic. I think he's more of a guy that benefited from the dominance of Marvin Bagley. And he's and not really case a, there he's too. not really a playmaker. He can't really get his own shot. I know he's very athletic, but I think he ben- I think you see this a lot in college basketball where you have a guy that is so dominant on the floor and their second tier guy gets love and doesn't pan out in the NBA. The first guy I think of similar to Marvin Bagley as well is a guy like Anthony Davis. Well, if you remember his running mate, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, mm-hmm. drafted third overall. Was he in the same draft still as him? Still is horrible. Yeah, same draft, yeah. He's still a horrible, horrible basketball player. Mm-hmm. And I fear, I, I think that with guys like Jaron Jackson who's Michigan State, who I think got a lot of his secondary runs because of uh, Miles Bridges. And then I look at Wendell Carter, and I think of the same thing because of the uh, attention that Marvin Bagley garnered. Well, the reason why I put Wendell Carter Jr. in this conversation, first of all, he worked out for the team on Friday. Um, I, I heard a little bit about the workout. I heard that the workout went well. Then again, everyone's workout goes well. Everyone has a great workout. Everybody loves everybody. We'll get the guy we want we want. Yes, everyone will get the guy. That's the other thing on Thursday. Everyone will get the guy that they wanted, uh, and they felt like they had a great draft. But uh, character is really important to the Orlando Magic. High character guys. And I'll tell you what, Wendell Carter Jr. was the most liked guy on his Duke team this year. Everyone loved him. 
when the Duke players went to the pro basketball combine in Chicago and they asked the, the Duke players, okay, if you had to pick a guy number one on your team, not you, who would you pick? It was unanimous, Wendell Carter Jr. It, 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 they loved that guy. They loved playing with that Grayson. guy. Yeah, well, I mean, they asked Grayson that, but this is the guy that's on the same team as the guy that's supposed to go in the top three. So they, they loved his personality, they loved him as a player, they loved him as a competitor. That's why I put him in this conversation. Mo Bamba is a Jeff Weltman pick. People love Biz. Long, athletic, he's got a lot of upside, and he's got a lot of work, too. That's what Mo Bamba is, and if he falls to the Magic, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Magic take him at number six. Colin Sexton? I think Colin Sexton's the second best point guard in this draft. And I love his competitiveness. I love him as a rangy player that is longer than Trey Young is, that is has a fiery mentality. He's a bulldog. And everyone that I've talked to says that he's a bulldog. When Alabama played, and I forget what team it was, three on five, he was the one that was lighting the other team up and had Alabama in it earlier this season when they had all those players foul out. I really like Colin Sexton. And if the Magic were picking at eight, I'd, I'd, I'd be all in on Colin Sexton there at number 8, at number 10. And you know what? If you're going to pick him at 8 or 10, maybe you pick him at 3. If you like him more than you do Trey Young, and you think Trey Young is a little bit closer to Trey, uh, Trey Burke than he is Steph Curry. And finally, Trey Young. I haven't seen a fan base get this excited over a draft pick in Orlando probably since Dwight Howard. It's the reason why I really want the Magic to go get him, too. Me, too, because I want to enjoy the excitement for a little while. It's been six years since the Magic have made the playoffs. And I try my best that if I bump into somebody on the street or I'm on social media and they have a Magic logo or whatever on their Twitter account or whatever, they talk Magic basketball with me or I talk Magic basketball with somebody, I ask them about the different guys. Who do you want at six? That's normally what I'll say. Who do you want at six? And most Magic fans... If they don't list Trey Young, I will bring up Trey Young. And regardless of who they listed, you see them light up. The excitement factor, the uh, the 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 just kind of the novelty of having a guy that when he steps off the bus is in scoring range, I think it it, w- it would bring a joy, an excitement, a a a fervor back to a fan base that really has has fallen into apathy the last three to four years, I think that's really important. And if Trey Young can be 70% of the player that Steph Curry is, I think it'd be worth it at number six. Some things in sports just feel right. They just It's a feeling you get. It's just like, this just feels like the right thing. And I, you know, you look back at when LeBron was drafted by Cleveland. I know his first overall was a no-brainer. But it was like, a, yeah, this is the right pick for, for Cleveland. This just feels right. When you get this Trey Young, this just feels right. Right from the magic, not only because of the excitement around everyone uh, else, you know, all the magic fans and everything like that, but it just feels right from the sense of even if you talk to people outside of the magic mm-hmm. realm, they're all like, the magic could take Trey Young at six. Like the most assured pick right now feels like the magic taking Trey Young at if six. He's still there. There are five picks ahead of them. The, the Phoenix Suns are the number one pick, and DeAndre Ayton seems to be a consensus one, but even Suns fans are kind of like, why aren't we looking more at Doncic? Mm-hmm. No, I get it. I really do, and I said that excitement factor, uh, it, it plays into it quite a bit, and also the fact the kid the kid has some real basketball ability. The kid, uh, he can shoot from anywhere, he can score from anywhere, he's going to have to fill out as a basketball player, but just the, the, 
the fact that they could take him makes me even more intrigued with this draft. I'll give you one dark horse, okay, that the Magic may take in the draft. I say I think it's about four guys, all right? Trey Young, Mo Bamba, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., and Colin Sexton. That one dark horse, I'll tell you coming up next. It's Monday Night with Nick and Company. I think we've been pretty consistent about that. You know, we're, we're going to get it right. We're not going to get it fast. And I think, you know, Jonathan Isaac serves as a good example of a kid who um, probably was less physically equipped than most at that uh, uh, part of the draft to come in and have an impact in the NBA. Um, you know, we're not afraid of that. We're not afraid of investing time and, and, and patience um, if we believe it's the right player and the right person. Jeff going to give it to you. Magic Basketball, president of basketball operations, Jeff Weltman, earlier today talking to the media. NBA draft is on Thursday. Magic have the number six pick. You want to get in touch, 844-225-5580. Nick and CC here for you on a Monday. In fact, we're, all, we're in all week next week. The Magic uh, Magic voice of the Orlando Magic fan, Scott Inez, is going on vacation. So uh, we're going to be in during ESPN afternoon. Scott Inez, all week next week. You're welcome. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have all kinds of NBA free agency stuff to talk about as well uh, as uh, some, some I guess, post-mortem on the draft. But Jeff Weltman there talking about kind of whether or not the Magic are going to take somebody to help play now, win now, or someone with a little bit more upside. They're always going to kind of land on the side of upside. That's who Jeff Weltman is. That's who John Hammond is. Those guys, in terms of basketball philosophy, they want those long, athletic dudes that, sure, they can come in and play right away, but their games are going to emerge over time. Look at Jonathan Isaac. Look at John Henson. Look at Thon McCurr uh, in Milwaukee. Look at Giannis Adetokounmpo, Malcolm Brogdon in the second round. They're all the same guy. So it doesn't surprise me that the answer to that question, do you want a guy that can help you now or help you in two or three years, is no, we're probably going to look at a guy to help you in two and three years. Which brings me to the dark horse that the Magic really, I, I, I think, will be looking at. This is a name that I keep hearing, and I didn't want to hear it at the beginning of the I draft. I know who you're going to say. I didn't want to hear it. I had somebody call up the show, actually, and bring this name up, and I kind of dismissed it. And I said, eh, you know, crazy Kentucky fan. No, your guy's not going number six. It would not floor me if the Magic takes Shea Gilgis Alexander Alexander at number six, the Kentucky point guard. He's what six foot six, six foot seven, somewhere around there. Another tall, long, athletic point guard whose name continues to trend up and up. Uh, he's really teams continue to to kind of say how impressed they are with this film. He hasn't worked out for anybody, and I have a conspiracy theory with that because Adrian Wojnarowski talked about this last week that. He hasn't worked out for anyone. Like no, no one, no one's had the guy in. Like he's this basketball mystery. I do wonder if a team promised they take him in the top eight or ten. And, and and that is that is a that is a practice at this point in the NBA draft. The guy comes in, it's a quiet workout. He works out for you. Everyone keeps it under wraps, and they say, "Hey, man, listen, like Shay, just shut it down. Go ahead, shut it down, and we're gonna take you at six. It wouldn't surprise me because the guy has not worked out for anybody, according according to Adrian Wojnarowski. And if the Magic, once again, if they take him at six, I won't be floored. 
844-225-5580. Text is 21232. We're doing something a little bit different in this hour uh, here in the second hour of the show because the Magic are doing their, I mean, the ESPN is doing their their mock draft kind of thing uh, with Adrian Wojnarowski and Jonathan Gavoni, their draft expert, and Seth Greenberg found a way into the studio. I don't know how, but he's in there too. Uh, they're going to get to the Magic here uh, in just a minute. Let's go to the phone lines, 844 225 5580. Anthony is in Orlando. Anthony, you're up next here on Monday Night with Nick and Company. How's it going, Anthony? Great, Nick. How you doing today, buddy? Doing all right, man. What's up? Excellent. Uh, I just heard you talking about Trey and all these good things, but uh, on the other side of it, there was a guy named Jimmer Ferdet. Yeah. That hit from anywhere inside the gym, and when he went into the NBA, I think his numbers are pretty close to what uh, Trey's are right now. Uh, he went to the NBA, he couldn't hack it. So, Trey, as, as, as sexy as it sounds, it, it just... I, I, Man, there's too much of a bust potential there for me. I really like Mo Bamba. I'd like to see him and uh, Isaac in the future up in that front court against the Eastern Conference. But uh, I see why people get excited by the three-point and the quick scoring, and, and I know it's been down here in Orlando, but we take him at six and he ends up being Jimmer Fredette. Uh, I, I just so. I don't think that he's Jimmer Fredette, though, Anthony, and I understand no. the concerns. First of all, Jimmer Fredette was putting up Trey Young numbers in his senior year coming out of BYU. And he's playing at BYU. Trey Young is they, playing at Oklahoma. I was going to say, just stop right there. In the Big 12. Yeah, senior year BYU. The competition isn't nearly as good. The defensive schemes you're going to see aren't nearly as demanding exactly. as the ones that he's going to get in the Big 12. No the doubt. players that he's going to have to go up against aren't as athletic as right the on. ones he's going to see in the Big 12. He also not only shot the ball, but passed the ball very well. Jimmy Fredette, not a great passer, got assist numbers high because he was double and triple teamed and he just dumped it off at the last minute. But Trey Young was a playmaker point guard. He is he very different. He's he's smaller, he's quicker, he's got much better court vision, and yeah, he was a freshman and not a senior. He was. This and, is a kid at 18, 19 years old putting up the numbers that a guy at 22, 23 years old was putting up. And and I understand the Jimmer Fredette concerns. My concerns for Trey Young, I almost have zero on the offensive end. The guy's going to score the basketball. It's whether or not he can defend and whether or not he can, can he can score. I, whether or not he's going to be able to defend and whether or not he's going to to be able to score enough of a clip to make up for some of those defensive, uh, uh, I guess, uh, shortcomings on a team. Like Steph Curry, he's never going to be all defense. But he scores enough. He's enough of a threat. And also they put Klay Thompson and Draymond Green on that team to help him. Kevin Durant, too. Um, that they're able to make up for that. I at at six man, I'll tell you what, I, I I don't think the guy I think the guy worst case scenario is Trey Burke. That would hurt if you get Trey Burke with the number six pick. But at the same time, I think it's worth the risk for a team that since the two since Dwight Howard got traded has the worst win percentage in the NBA. 844-225-5580. Appreciate the phone call, Anthony. 844-225-5580. Text is two one two three two. So ESPN is doing their annual uh Mock draft thing here, Adrian Wojnarowski, Jonathan Givoni. Uh, they just did the Orlando match a couple of minutes ago. Uh, do we have that, Chris? Can you can you get that for yeah, us Yeah, we here? got it right okay, here. Okay, all right. So this is who they think the Magic will pick at number six. Yes, their projected draft pick and then maybe some other possible options. Okay, here's Jonathan Givoni and Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Well, what about Orlando? They've got pick number six. Who do we think that they'll be going with, Woj? Colin Sexton from Alabama. They absolutely need a point guard in Orlando, and it is razor thin right now in that Orlando draft room between Colin Sexton and Trey Young. And uh, by the time Thursday night comes, they may end up selecting Trey Young. They have not ruled out 
some of the bigs. Does Bamba get to them? Wendell Carter is a player they're, they're gonna, that's still on their board, but a tremendous need at point guard there. I think Sexton will win out, and I think it'll be close. Ooh, question. Is Colin Sexton the best point guard in the draft? No, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, to me, is oh. the best point guard in the draft. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about 6'6", six, six as size. We're talking about Sexton right now. Look, Sexton can defend. Mm -hmm. Sexton's explosive. Sexton plays downhill. But does he see plays early enough to be a point guard? Now, again, he's another guy that's a ball guard who can get to the rim and finish. He reminds me of Chris Dunn. Now, Chris Dunn has taken a huge step forward in Chicago. He can defend the elite athletic guards in the NBA. But to me, if I had one pick at the point, mm. I would take Shea Gilgis-Alexander because of his size, his length, his ability to see over the defense, his playmaking, his finishing ability. He's got to shoot a little bit quicker off the bounce, but that would be my pick. John Hammond, he's got his own pick. I agree with Seth. I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander is the best point guard in this draft. If you're not talking about Luka Doncic as a potential point guard, but 6'6", six, six, seven-foot wingspan, fits the modern NBA, really creative in pick and roll, has all these scoop finishes around the rim, just fits what the NBA is trending toward in today's game. Hey, Nick. Yeah. Um, so how, how many players did they have on their list for the Magic? Uh, they had five guys that they talked about there. Right. And yeah. they, they had four main guys, right? They did. Who were there for? Uh, Trey Young, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., Colin Sexton. And who were who your four? Uh, mine were Trey Young, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., and Colin Sexton. And who was that fifth wild card for well, both of you? The dark horse that's not so dark anymore, yeah. obviously, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yes. Uh I will say that all of this, Nick had all that down and prepared before this. This aired at 7 p.m. Yeah. I was recording it while Nick was in the last session. He had no idea what anyone was saying in that whole entire thing. When he was going through his first segment, he did not know this is where this was going. Cox Media, that's what you're paying for. Getting your money's worth. Right Shout there. out to the Chris Dunn reference, that's too. That's what you're getting. Uh, so that's ESPN's uh, mock draft right there. Uh, talking about the magic, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski said that it was razor thin between Trey Young and Colin Sexton. I have heard very similar things. I've heard that uh, there's been a lot of discussion between those two guys as to who they like. Uh, and and by the way, from that discussion, sounds like the magic are taking a point guard. Yeah, honestly, that, that's my takeaway from uh, what I heard from Adrian Wojnarowski and Jonathan Givoni and Seth Greenberg there. That it it feels more point guard. At least they're going by need here. It feels more point guard than it does big man, and I wouldn't blame the Magic for that. But there's been a lot of debate between Trey Young and Colin Sexton. I've heard Colin Sexton worked out for the Magic on Saturday. He's in the Alabama point guard. A little bit longer, a little bit thicker, has a little bit more of an... I, I don't want to say he's more of a competitor, because I think Trey Young is a competitor. But I think he's more of an outward kind of fiery guy. He's more of a bulldog. He's a little bit tougher, people say, um, that they're going to have a lot of debate. But if the name Shea Gilgis-Alexander comes up at number six or the Magic trade back a couple of spots, if the Magic trade back, I'll tell you this, I'm going to guarantee it for you right now, if the Magic trade back from six, they're taking Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah, that's, that's the guy that they're going to take. It just means that last year, and here's a real rumor I heard, and I don't know, I guess I'll I'll just I'll do this now. It's just between me and you. I heard the Magic really liked Donovan Mitchell last year after his workout. They just didn't like him at six. Yeah. And maybe maybe last year after you see what Donovan Mitchell did when they took Jonathan Isaac six, they're thinking to themselves, "Wow, we could have moved back, and we could have taken that kid where we felt he was a little bit more 
right on value. Obviously, you could have taken the guy at two, and after last season, no one would have batted an eye at you. But maybe they're thinking, okay, we'll move back to 10 and take Shea Gilgis-Alexander right there. 844-225-5580. Text is 21232. That is 21232. Who do you think the Magic will take at number six? We'll get to some other NBA news and notes as well with Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Grunowitz, Nicky Football. It's Monday Night with Nick and Company. Nick and CC back on a Monday. It's 7.32 here on ESPN 580. Hope you're having a good Monday. Had a good Father's Day. Caught up with my dad yesterday. Hope at least if, you, if you're if you not in the same state, not in the same area, gave your dad a call. You want to give us a call, you can. 844-225-5580. Text is 21232. That is 21232. I, we're going to talk NBA, play, uh, NBA uh, free agency. Everyone's playing off for Kawhi Leonard right now. That's what it is. Uh, I want to talk about this Kawhi Leonard story with Chris Crawford because he's a big Spurs fan. Uh, we'll talk NBA draft two where the Magic might end up at number six. Uh, I think it's about five names, and Jonathan Gavoni and Adrian Wojnarowski both gave you the five names that I gave you uh, just a couple of minutes ago. Trey Young, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., Colin Sexton, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Those five guys. Gilgis-Alexander's not a dark horse anymore. And if you read the reports that Mark Stein has been putting out there recently, NBA reporter for the New York Times... Mark Stein says the Toronto Raptor is very interested in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They're trying to move up to get a number ten, a top 10 pick in the NBA draft. And anyone on their roster is available. Any guy. And they want to move up to get a guy like Kentucky Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So uh, this guy is really on the rise. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure, learn more about him uh, as the week goes on because uh, this is a guy that kind of has been under the radar uh, for the last couple of weeks. but uh, And he was a guy, by the way, that we didn't know whether or not he was going to come into the draft. I like him a lot. His size for a point guard is something that is, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, so alluring to me. I mean, he's 6'6". It's fantastic. He can't shoot the ball, though. Uh, so my only concern is, are we going to draft is Alfred Payton 2.0? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I've heard about his work ethic. I've heard about him being a guy that is very coachable. And he's a guy that perhaps uh, once he gets into a gym and gets with your NBA coaching staff, he can develop uh, some of that shot. And there are people that are on either side of that, aren't there? Like, it's either a guy can develop a shot or he never can. Yeah. I always point to Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Kawhi Leonard came into the NBA, really couldn't shoot it out of San Diego State. And he developed that shot. But he did that in San Antonio. It was Well, I was going to say, then everyone can turn around and point to Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Yeah, who never, never, ever did it. The thing thing that I like about uh, Chai is that his first half of the year was very, very up and down. Uh, it wasn't until about February through the end of the year where he was great. And I mean like very, very good. Like best player on Kentucky by far and away. I know Kevin Knox will get a lot of love here, but Kevin Knox was more of an athletic guy who could just run up and down the floor and score points because he was very athletic. Whereas the way that Shy was playing at the end of the year was just incredible. He had a 27-6-6 six and six game in the NCAA tournament in the first round against Buffalo. I mean, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like I said, if if he goes number six to Orlando, I'll be a little surprised he goes that high and the Magic didn't try to move back, but I don't really know how much of a market there's going to be for Orlando to trade back. Everyone seems to want to trade into the top four. I think all three of these point guards that we've talked about today, you're get a Trey Young, guy. Colin Sexton, you're going to get a quality guy, and I think it all depends on fit. With each one of these guys, too. I mm-hmm. think each is good for a particular fit. I don't think Shy fits with Orlando because we already have long players who can't shoot the basketball. 
Yeah, Aaron Gordon. Why would we Jonathan add Isaac? another guy to that core? Your core would then be those three guys, all of whom are very long, but can't, can't shoot, shoot the basketball. That's why I think a pairing like Trey Young or Colin Sexton works best there. And the only guy who knows is Jeff Weltman, who's going to be making that pick. And if you, I mean, Jonathan Gavoni earlier today, you just heard him on the ESPN NBA uh, draft special that we played for you. But he, he joined the low post earlier today and was asked what he thinks the Magic will do at number six. And you could tell, I mean, he doesn't know. Uh, you have Orlando taking Wendell Carter. and the That's going to be an interesting one because there's, you know, there's a real split in the league about you know what they think the the magic are going to do. Um, some people think they have to take a guard. They're going to be taking between you know picking between Trey Young, Colin Sexton, and maybe Gilgis Alexander. And some people feel they're just going to take the best player available. Maybe it's Michael Porter. You know, maybe it's Wendell Carter. And so um, you know the way that the Magic kept their coaching search close to the vest, I think that their draft situation is is very similar. He didn't know. He doesn't, and and no one in the league really knows where the Magic are heading right now with this pick and what they could do there at number six. Uh, I I told you at the beginning of the segment, uh, beginning of the hour, and and I'll just reiterate it. My gut is they stay at six. They don't move up, they don't move back, and they take one of Trey Young, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter, Colin Sexton, or Shea Gilgis Alexander. There, that that's my gut, and I'm I'm casting a really wide net with those five names. If I had to guess, if you made me if you made me pick one name, okay? If you made me pick one name that the Magic take there at number six, I think Trey Young's the guy they end up I taking. I do. I really I, do. I, I think at the end of the day, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond come together and they say, okay, there's concern about defense. And I've heard that there's been a little pushback about the defensive side for Trey Young, about the fact that, sure, he's he could be an offensive atom bomb for you. You put him into a game and he gives you 25 points, or he gives you 28 points. But as we've seen with a guy like Kevin Love, Kevin Love gives you 22 in a game, but he's targeted defensively 30 times, and he gives up, what, 55 points. It's not That's how, how he's win. been his whole career. Too. It's how he's been his entire career, and some guys are just like that. They don't improve defensively. But I think at the end of the day, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond get in a room and they say, okay, who are we going to take that's not only good for us in the future, but that's also good for us now, both in a basketball and a business sense. And from a marketing standpoint, this is the kid you want. That this kid will sell tickets for you immediately after the Magic make the pick. That's why I just feel like the, the relationship between Orlando Magic fans and the front office and the team over the last six years, it's been pretty tumultuous. Hasn't been great. No doubt. Hasn't been very great. And I'm not saying you make a pick because of your fan base to appease your fan base. You never, ever, ever want to do that. But you make a pick, and if you think he's good and you think that he would be a good pick there, and it would benefit selling tickets and getting fans back on your side, then I think it'd be beneficial to make that move because here's what happened. If you take Colin Sexton and it doesn't work out and Trey Young does pan out, then you've opened a whole new can of worms. Yeah. I, I I totally get it. I, I think you make a really good point there. Uh, here's one guy that I don't think is in the Orlando Magic's, I guess, barrel hopper of potential players. And that's Michael Porter Jr., who at this time last week, I think you and I were discussing this, Chris, or I guess it was me and Jerry Daniels, but uh, you and I were talking about it off the air. I I have to say, like I, I probably would have just kind of closed my eyes and said, hey, let's go for it. 
with Michael Porter Jr. when it comes to the back injury, and this is a guy who had to cancel a workout on uh, on Friday last week because the back injury was so bad, and he had a hip injury, exactly what it was, couldn't get out of bed. Um, I, I've I've cooled on that. I have. And a couple of things have pointed me in that direction. Two things, actually. And it has nothing to do with the rumors about the medicals for Michael Porter Jr. Here's what they are. One, Michael Porter Jr. did a national radio interview today. He did it with Will Kane. Love Will Kane. Was on Live Local and Loud last week, or two weeks ago. Great dude. Um, Normally, those guys, those top five, top ten guys, they're not doing interviews now. The only time they're doing interviews is when they feel like their stock is going to fall and they want to get a narrative, get a storyline out there. It's the agent kind of trying to do some work. And Michael Porter Jr. did that interview with Will Kane today and talked about the hip injury and said that kind of it was all blown out of proportion. No, man. <laughs> that, that situation got exaggerated a lot. So I just woke up normal, felt normal, went to the gym, warming up. And I just, like my hip was just a little sore from the day before. You know, I've been working crazy hard the past four weeks getting ready for pro day and all that and it was just a little sore so i told mark um he told me to tell me anything's bothering me so i just told him my hips a little sore he just wanted to shut it down for a couple of days and then people took that and kind of ran with it no nah, man no nah, it's all good now, the hip was actually fine i went jogging afterwards but we just wanted to sh- we just wanted to shut it down man we told those five nba lottery teams you know what we're not going to do it on friday don't send your dudes it's fine though take them number two it's all good Everybody's fine. It's all good. I'm not buying it. My my workouts where I'm lifting, I'm running, I'm jumping, I'm jogging, yeah, and I'm all doing good. all these things. I get hurt. I'm not even having contact with other players on the floor. I'm not doing it's one on nearly none. anything as physically demanding as a full basketball game at the NBA level. And I'm already a little sore after it to the point where I have to skip my workout. I'm not buying it at all. I think the injury is much, much more severe than well, those guys it, are letting on. And here's the number two thing. If it's not that injury, it seems like a lot of injuries. There's something. The other thing. We get the report today from Mark Stein of the New York Times and also Sam Amick of USA Today that the the Kings, that the Sacramento Kings are very seriously considering taking Michael Porter Jr. with the number two pick. I think this is the agent doing some work here, trying to help the draft stock. Well, if the Kings are considering, it's the wrong team, though, by the way. It's the wrong team. Because everyone looks at the Kings like, oh, well, those guys are crazy. They'll take a hurt, a hurt dude at number two. Definitely. They'll take a guy with one leg at number two if they, they think that he might be able to put the jump shot together. So it's the wrong team. But I think this is the agent trying to spin a narrative that the stock is on its way up instead of on its way down. Yeah, they're trying to get out ahead of this. I would go nowhere near Michael Porter Jr. And by the way, the medicals, I, I don't... I. I don't think it's a great situation there, and I, I hope the kid is healthy. I hope that he has a great basketball career. I'm in no means rooting against the kid, but I would I would stay away with away from him if I were the Orlando Magic. 844-225-5580. Text is 21232. That is 21232. I've had the weekend to think about it. Where's Kawhi Leonard heading? That's next, Monday night with Nick and Company. Nick and CC back Monday night with Nick and company. Final segment of the night. Kevin Sutton show is coming up next here in the Victory Casino Cruises.com studios, home of the only legal sports book in Central Florida. You can get in touch. Text us 21232 also on the phone at 844-225-5580 on Twitter at ESPN580 Nick and at ESPN580CC. I've gone back and forth on this Kawhi Leonard issue 
like all weekend long. I I, re I really have because I, I was kind of stunned at the news on Friday when Chris Haynes of ESPN sent out that original report that Kawhi Leonard, or at least that sources tell Chris Chris Haynes that Kawhi Leonard does not want to return to San Antonio, that Kawhi Leonard wants out and his preferred destination is the LA Lakers. And we've kind of been able to have a chance to, to hear a lot of the fallout over the weekend. And the consensus that I've heard on this is, well, you got to trade him now. You got to move him. Look at what Cleveland did with Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie had an extra year on his deal. Anytime a superstar with a contract that expires at the end of the next season says they want out, you got to move them. You got to move them now because every day you're losing out on leverage. You're going to get a little bit less. I would say that for 29 teams, but not this team. Like I, I, I have a lot of faith in Greg Popovich to kind of figure this thing out and get this thing turned around and... I don't know where Kawhi Leonard is going to play his basketball in the 2018-2019 season, but but here here's the thing I do know. He will either play in San Antonio or the Eastern Conference. There's no way Greg Popovich is trading Kawhi Leonard to the LA Lakers or the Sacramento Kings, even if they throw the number two pick out there, or the LA Clippers. Kawhi Leonard is going to the Eastern Conference. The LA Lakers. I'd like to address that for one second. I don't think people realize how much the Spurs hate, they hate them. the Lakers. They do. This was the rivalry in the 2000s in the Western Conference. It was Kobe and the Lakers against Duncan and the Spurs. And you still hear it Kobe versus Celtics yeah. of the early 2000s. Right, and you still hear the arguments Kobe versus Duncan, all that and all this. There's Derek, I, Derek Fisher's .4 second shot. Still oh, gives still remember, me yeah. nightmares. I, like, I, I was a Spurs guy on that side of it. I was a Spurs guy in the late... You had, we going back to Dustin Johnson earlier in the show. Pick a side thing. Yeah. The best rivalries you have a pick a side feeling in the rivalry. Red Sox, Yankees, Duke, Carolina, Spurs, Lakers. You had a little bit of it because the Lakers, of course, they're Showtime. They're Hollywood. They're they're a big deal. And the Spurs, they were system. They weren't splat. They weren't. There was no sizzle. They were only steak. It was the quiet superstar in Tim Duncan. And 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 the uh, the sensei coach in Greg Popovich against the loud braggadocious stars of Kobe Bryant and and uh, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, you know, of course, until Shaq was shipped out of town because Kobe wanted to do it on his own, and Phil Jackson, and you had to pick a side, and I was on the San Antonio side of this, but what I think everyone is really underselling in the Kawhi Leonard situation is Greg Popovich is in that YOLO stage of his career. He's, he's in that I give no bleeps part of his life. He's getting up there in age. The report from Adrian Wojnarowski is that he's going to step down after the 2020 season. I think on his way out, Pop would love nothing better than to take one long look at the L.A. Lakers and Magic Johnson and Jeannie Buss and that whole organization and give them the one-finger salute. Yeah, just pull the carpet Kawhi right out Leonard from underneath them. Out of town and say, hey. I'm going to send him to the best basketball situation in the Eastern Conference and hope you never get a hand on him. I think people underrate the spite that Greg Popovich would have in this scenario and not wanting to help the Lakers build another super team. And especially because if you trade him to L.A., it's not just Kawhi that's going there. LeBron will follow. Yeah. Paul George will follow. A couple of other players will follow. And... 
I think that that has a real bearing on what's going to happen with Kawhi Leonard. But but trade aside, I still think that the Spurs can figure this thing out. Well, this like, is... I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge last year went to Greg Popovich and said, hey, like, I hate it here, okay? It's a small town, even though I played in Portland. It's boring. It sucks here. You guys got the Riverwalk big deal. By the way, I've been there. No, whatever. Okay, cool place. It's fun. All right, whatever. The Alamo, I get it. Cheerios. Okay. But he went to Pop and he was like, I don't like the way I'm playing. I don't know how to get my 26 and 12 here. I, it's all kind of pass the basketball, open guy gets the shot. When do I get mine? I want to get traded. And Pop figured it out. They righted the ship and, and, and LaMarcus Aldridge was the cornerstone of that team this season on their way to what? 45, 46 wins. They were a decent basketball team this year. Tim Duncan was as good as gone to the Orlando Magic. And Pop got him back. Now, I know a lot of the talks now are that kind of fell on Doc's shoulders. Mm-hmm. But Pop was the one who went and grabbed him and brought him back to San Antonio for one last sit-down have, meeting have after all of that. Have you enjoyed it like I have? I've really enjoyed this the last, I don't know, 48, 72 hours. Is the rest of the basketball community remembering Tim Duncan almost left? Yes. I, I've enjoyed the hell out of that. And people on Twitter... Oh, that's right, Tim Duncan. He was on a plane to Orlando. Yeah, he was. And then he didn't leave. Yeah. Whether whether you... And and people are counting that now not as a positive, which in the past, it's all perspective in life. Yeah. It's all how... how so much of life is spin. Right. So much of it is perspective. So much of it is spin. How do I want to see this in this given moment? Since Tim Duncan... Was that 2004? 03, I think. 03, okay. It? Yeah, you're right. It was 03. It was the McGregor. You're right. So since 2003... Dunkey going back to San Antonio was, well, look at the control that Pop has. Even when his guys think about leaving, they come back because San Antonio is the machine that just keeps rolling on. Pop knows how to deal with his players and 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 get those guys to sign on, even though they're not going to get all their numbers. And he had he had the Admiral there, uh, David Robinson, waiting for him on the tarmac when he came back off the plane. For years, it's been that. It's been Pop is this great organizational master. Now the way people are spending it the last 72 hours is, well, let's see. LaMarcus Aldridge wanted to leave. Almost did. Kawhi Leonard wants out. We'll see. Tim Duncan almost left. I mean, Timmy almost left. He just decided not to. You know, they're picking and choosing the stories they want to. Tony exactly. Parker also spoke out against Pop. He did. He talked about him being upset being there. Sure enough, he reeled him in and Parker came back as well. Pop has had a history of convincing these guys to stay. Whether I don't know what he says or what he does, but... This one just feels different. To Maybe me, it's though. a duffel bag that ends up full of money on someone's front porch. I don't really know. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth or make any accusations. I'm not doing that. I'm just irrationally speculating. But maybe it's just a duffel bag of cash. That'll buy a lot of churros. But I look at the two most consistent entities in sports this millennium, this this century, okay, since the year 2000. I never say that right. But I look at the two. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, and Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. And what do we see a lot of recently as these two organizations kind of get to the end or what is perceived to be to the end of their runs is you kind of get these players that are like, you know what? It's not a lot of fun to play for that guy. Like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm, It's the middle of the regular season, and that guy jumps in my behind because I miss a defensive assignment. It's not fun. Yeah. You know what's fun? Winning at least 45 games a year and making it to the playoffs. Magic fans would take that in a minute. You know what's fun? Winning championships like they did in 2014. It's a lot of fun to do that. And I am still going to put my faith, I'm going to put my 
I would put my money, if I had to go to Victory Casino Cruises, and I had to put my money down on where Kawhi Leonard plays his basketball next season, and I could be way off. I'm still putting San Antonio down. Like, no one has made enough of a case to me other than, well, Boston could give them lots of assets. No one has given enough of a case to me that Kawhi Leonard just goes. Because at the end of the day, one, it's relationships. And I still think Pop and Kawhi, they're more good than they're not. Kawhi showed up to his wife's funeral. And that says a lot to me. It does. If you don't like a dude, you're not going to the funeral. I don't really care. How much you like the what? You're just not going, and 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 maybe I'm way off in that. Whatever, all right. But if you don't like pop, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna let that guy grieve, whatever. But I'm not going. That's one. Two. Do you know how much 219 million dollars is? But and this is the last point that I'm getting to. But 219 million dollars is a lot of money. It is change your life money. It is change your generation. It's generational change money. Where you take that contract and it's all guaranteed. No one in your family has to work. I mean, ever. Ever, ever. And they're taken care of for a very long time. That's my one concern, though, is the fact that if... The fact that the deal wasn't done after that initial meeting scares me. It scares... And I, I I understand that, Chris. But also, the reports from Chris Haynes and all of these news outlets and Yahoo Sports and all that... That's not Kawhi Leonard telling the Spurs no, I want not. out. That's Kawhi Leonard's uncle going to Chris Haynes saying, hey, Kawhi don't want to play there anymore. This is Kawhi's people trying to bully Kawhi into a decision, in Th- my mind. This is also something that I, and you can attest to this, for all season long have been like, it'll get worked out. It's fine. It's the Spurs. It's Pop. It's Kawhi. The personalities of everything match. It's going to happen. He'll stay there. This is the first negative thing that's actually come out, and I seems to be backing on it. Before we go, who are the Magic taking to six? They gotta go Trey Young. Trey Young, you're going Trey, Trey Young. Young. I still I think they 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 go Trey Young, but I I'm working towards Colin Sexton now, I have to say. It's gonna do it for us. We're ne- we're back next Monday. He's Chris Crawford. I'm Nick Grunowitz, Nikki Football. Kevin Sutton shows next. It's Monday night with Nick and Company.